Welcome to the Osiris Show of Entrepreneurship and Regional Development Podcast. Each publication in our journal is a great opportunity to share significant and audacious contributions to a large audience. My guest today is Eva Kasperova. She's from the Center for Research in Ethnic Minority Entrepreneurship in Aston Business School. She has recently published an article entitled Impairment, Invisibility and Stigma, How Disabled Entrepreneurs Gain Legitimacy in Mainstream and Disability Markets. It has been published in the volume 33, number 9 and 10 of Entrepreneurship and Regional Development, a journal edited by Taylor and Francis. Eva, welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Vincent. Can you tell us what is the origin of your paper? Why have you decided to address this particular topic? And what is the question you aim to answer? Sure. So the, the idea for this paper originates from my doctoral research, which looked at how disabled people and people with long-term impairments and health conditions form entrepreneurial identity, or in other words, how do they become entrepreneurs? And in answering that question, um, one of the key themes that emerged from my analysis was um, the issue of disability disclosure and how this affects entrepreneurs' relationships with customers how do they manage the visibility of their particular impairment or health condition in their interactions with both potential and existing customers? And how does this then influence their capacity to be, to be perceived as a legitimate entrepreneur? Um, and I wanted to address this topic because when I was looking at the existing literature on entrepreneurial identity and legitim legitimacy, um, I was seeing that there was this dominant focus on, on language, on, on, on the range of um, linguistic practices that entrepreneurs use um, to um, um, to gain legitimacy of customers and others. So, for instance, narrative storytelling. Um, but um, it became very clear to me during my analysis that what seemed to be more important um, in disabled entrepreneurs' interactions with customers was how they manage disability disclosure and, more specifically, how they manage the visibility of their particular impairment or health condition in the face of stigma that is often associated with disability. And so um, and so I wanted to look at the role of impairment and health condition uh, visibility um, in the entrepreneurial legitimacy process, and, and really to try and go beyond this dominant focus on language and linguistic practices. Um, this then led to the research question which I developed um, for this particular paper, which is, you know, how do, which is how do disabled entrepreneurs gain legitimacy with customers? And more specifically, how does impairment or health condition visibility shape their capacity to do so? What are the, the main contributions of your paper? Um, the key argument of the paper is that impairment visibility can both enable and constrain individual capacity to gain legitimacy, and that this is importantly influenced uh, by the particular product or service offering, um, as well as the target market or the target um, customer audience. Um, so for instance, if you have an entrepreneur who have a, with, with a highly visible impairment who sells disability-related product to disabled customers, this entrepreneur may find it easier to gain legitimacy with that particular group of customers compared to um, someone who has a hidden or less visible impairment or health condition. Um, the paper essentially tries to reconceptualize Suchman's legitimacy building strategies of conforming to selecting and manipulating um, audiences by considering how the visibility of, um, of impairment or health condition shapes that in relation to um, a particular product offering or a target in a target market or audience. 
And the outcome of this reconceptualization was that I basically identified four embodied legitimacy building strategies that seem to be um, most prevalent or, you know, that there is a tendency among disabled entrepreneurs to adopt those, particularly disabled entrepreneurs in the UK, to adopt those uh, strategies. Um, in terms of contributions, there are three main contributions of these findings to the entrepreneurial legitimacy literature. Firstly, um, the paper highlights the role of embodied properties and non-linguistic practices in, in, in the legitimation process by extending our understanding of how visible and invisible impairments or health conditions shape individual capacity to gain legitimacy. And so it really, um, you know, it really tries to go beyond this focus, dominant focus on linguistic practices. Secondly, the paper shows how disabled and non-disabled, the mainstream customers um, um, can legitimize or delegitimize businesses that are created by disabled entrepreneurs um, under specific market conditions, under specific circumstances. And so um, it really um, um, responds, the paper really kind of responds to this core within legitimacy literature, new venture, legitimacy, new venture um, legitimacy literature to pay more attention to the diversity of um, um, customer audiences and how they influence legitimacy. And thirdly, um, um, the paper really offers some new um, original insights into a range of legitimacy tactics that disabled entrepreneurs use um, to gain legitimacy or to build legitimacy essentially in their kind of um, micro interactions with customers um, and how, you know, and, and how those tactics kind of help them to address various challenges or indeed to to make most of potential um, advantages that are associated with each strategy. Um, and finally, um, the paper also makes contribution to the wider literature, to the nascent literature on um, disabled entrepreneurs by illustrating how particular impairments and health conditions can be both um, a power and a liability in the process of starting and running a business, um, depending on circumstances. Um, so, you know, disabled entrepreneurs are still, um, although there is a growing literature on disabled entrepreneurs, they're still a relatively under-researched group in, in, in entrepreneurship. Um, and, and there is this particular lack of research um, on how disability actually shapes business relationships. And so this article really um, begins to address these knowledge gaps um, by offering a more nuanced and more contextualized account of how disabled entrepreneurs gain legitimacy with customers. What was for you the main theoretical or maybe methodological challenges in addressing such a question? Um, I thought about this question and actually I, th I thought that more than theoretical, I think there was some methodological challenges. And the main methodological challenge for me was how to capture and describe the visibility of a particular impairment or health condition. Um, what is the appropriate language to describe somebody's impairment and the effects of that impairment? Um, and I found this challenging because um, disability is still kind of largely under research in entrepreneurship. And I couldn't really find, come across any studies that have tried to do something similar. Um, and so I tried to do that as best as I could uh, without, you know, hopefully causing any any offense. And, um, and, and secondly, there was, you know, this issue of language also kind of came up during my um, data collection when I you know, there were some situations sometimes when I wasn't sure how people self-identify, whether they um, see, this, see themselves as a disabled person, uh, a person with a disability or a person who just happens to have a, a health condition. Um, and so, um, and so it, was a, 
so, so, so this was another challenge in terms of how do you kind of approach people and use appropriate language to describe disability when you don't know what their you know, preferences are. And during your research journey, what was your biggest surprise or maybe the most counterintuitive result? Uh, right, so the biggest surprise for me was um, the realization very early on in my research that um, disability can actually be an advantage as well as a barrier in starting and running a business. And I, I had this as some, you know, I had this, this was a surprise partly because you know, when I started my research, I read a lot of work of Irving Goffman on stigma and the presentation of the self. I read the wider literature on, you know, from dis on disability in the workplace um, and the experiences of stigma, harassment and discrimination that people experience in the workplace. And so my starting point was I had this assumption that if, you, um, if you're disabled, uh, you're necessarily going to and, and you want to start a business, you're necessarily going to face a lot of challenges. Um, uh, because of the stigma associated with disability. Um, and as I kind of progress in my research, um, um, I found, you know, what emerged from my findings that yes, you know, there are many challenges in building relationships and acquiring legitimacy, as I show in, um, in, in this particular paper, including, you know, issues of perceived and actual discrimination. But what I also found is that disability can actually be advantages in cer certain circumstances. Uh, so, you know, as I mentioned earlier, if, you, if you're selling a disability-related product to disabled customers, you actually want to reveal your uh, disability, you want to make it known to potential customers who then perceive you as a legitimate disabled entrepreneur. And so, you know, so this was a surprise. It was a nice surprise in a way. And, um, and it really kind of highlights the importance of kind of paying attention to context and paying attention to the audience and the customer audience that, it, that you're trying to sell to. What are the, the main implications of your work for entrepreneurs, managers, policymakers, practitioners in general? Um, the main implication of my work for entrepreneurs is that hopefully this paper raises um, awareness of how the visibility of particular impairments and health conditions can shape entrepreneurs' business relationships and outcomes in different circumstances or under different market conditions. And hopefully this, um, you know, this can help disabled entrepreneurs to to be more informed in how um, um, to be more informed in how the way that they position themselves in the marketplace um, can have implications for the interactions with customers, how customers or certain customers can react to disability, and also importantly how these entrepreneurs can manage any negative any negative customer reactions. Um, so one of the kind of most interesting parts in the paper for me was to uh, was that I've identified these various legitimacy tactics that um, disabled entrepreneurs employ in their micro-level interactions with customers, um, such as, you know, taking control to communicate effectively. And this was a really interesting tactic, you know, in situations where entrepreneurs interact with, maybe with mainstream customers who um, behave inappropriately, or maybe they don't know what is appropriate in terms of, you know, what, what is appropriate, what is an appropriate way of interacting with someone who is disabled. Um, and then on a related point, there are some practical implications here also for managers and procurement professionals in large purchasing organizations who perhaps want to diversify the supply chains and engage more with um, disabled entrepreneurs as suppliers of products and services um, in terms of you know, educating staff about educating staff about disability and 
kind of building the confidence and capacity to um, to communicate well, to communicate better with disabled entrepreneurs. Thanks a lot, Eva, for participating to our show. All our podcasts are available on entrepreneurship.shirely.com and on the main podcast platform. Thank you.